Hey there, language lovers. Shannon Kennedy here with co-host Benny Lewis for another episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. In this episode, we're talking with Shahida Foster, the creator of Black Girls Learn Languages. And in our discussion with Shahida, we cover challenges you face learning languages as a minority, imposter syndrome in language learning, living and learning languages abroad, pushing yourself to your limits, and finding your connection and why in language. We always appreciate your reviews. You can let us know what you think at languagehacking.com slash review. And as always, the show notes will be available to you with all of the links, resources, and everything else mentioned in this episode. So let's get into our conversation with Shahida. The links and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at languagehacking.com forward slash 64. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast from Fluent in Three Months. Welcome to the Language Hacking Podcast. My name is Shannon Kennedy and I am here with my co-host Benny Lewis. And today we are talking to Shahida Foster, who is the founder of Black Girls Learn Language and a polyglot. So Shahida, let's get into your story. How did you get into language learning? Well, I got into language learning from a very young age, actually. So my mother, when I was a toddler, I guess you could say, my mother, we were living with my godfather, who's from Puerto Rico. So um, he used to play, like, television, like, Univision, Telemundo, like, everything. And the neighbors would come by and they'd speak to him in Spanish. And so I just got really interested because I was like, what are they speaking? I want to know, too. And so he never taught me, but I was able to pick up things and I would ask him, you know, kids hear things over and over, you know, you ask repetitive words. What does that mean? What does that mean? And and I would start to slowly pick up the building blocks. So that was my very first introduction to language. And how how did things go from there? And like, because uh, you're currently based in Germany. So how did your language story develop after that? Uh, yeah, it, it was a winding road. So, <laughs> um, so I kind of uh, would just like, kind of slowly build upon my Spanish like you know I'm from New York City so there's like a, you know there's parts of the city where people just only speak Spanish like you can go into a store and if you don't speak English they're just not going to help you that's it <laughs> like um so I kind of slowly started to build up my Spanish um I'm not fluent but you know enough to like order at restaurants or go to the store and tell them what I want and stuff and then in junior high school I, for some reason, just decided I wanted to learn French instead. So then I started to learn French. And then my mother joined the military and she was like, oh, we have a choice between two duty stations. We can go to Japan or we can go to Germany. And I was like, oh, Germany's right next to France and maybe I will get the opportunity to go to France. And so we got to Germany. And then while I was here, I did end up learning German. So that's basically how it went with those three languages. And how did you go from language learner to starting Black Girls Learn Languages? So when I was in high school, because I started my French learning French in junior high school. So I went throughout high school learning French and they had a French club. We were stationed in Missouri in Fort Leonard Wood. And I think there was like a French club. And so I was like, oh, I wouldn't want to go. And I went and it was like, the only black person there. And it was just kind of like, okay, it was like certain things I wanted to ask even in class because, you know, we have our own slang and it would be certain things that I'd want to know. Well, I wonder how you would say that in French. And then of course, 
sometimes people because they're not familiar with that slang they don't get it and they just kind of look at you like what do you mean what does that mean and then you have to go through beating the dead horse right so it's like okay let me explain what this slang what this idiom means now i want to know what that means like how do you say something similar to that in french and um that kind of bothered me that I just didn't really have like somebody because it was like kind of isolating, like, okay, yeah, we both we both speak standard English, but then I have this vernacular that I grew up hearing occasionally. And it's like I would like to integrate that into my language learning. So that's why I was like, oh, that would be cool if I could connect with other people who are like familiar with like some of our like subculture and our vernacular and how that translate into language learning. But um you know, obviously at that point, I didn't know anybody else that actually wanted to learn the language. Everybody that was learning the language, they just did it because it was a graduation requirement, not because they actually liked it. So that's one of the reasons why I started it, because I just was like, it would be nice to connect with people who, who get that part of translating our culture into language learning. Yeah, and I think as as well as that, um, it can feel a lot, and I know I contribute to this, that like when you look on YouTube, you see a lot of white guys who are representing uh, polyglots, and that can feel very intimidating to a lot of people if uh, they feel like they're getting excluded or you're not part of this particular club. So you've grown this to be an actual community and inspired a lot of people to um, to join you, to, like who aren't just white guys like me. So, what kind of uh, uh, stories have come from that? What kind of people have reached out to you to say that uh, that this this feeling like they can be a part of the polyglot community because of you being the segue? Has that happened? Yeah. Um- I'm currently writing my master thesis, so it's like the I don't want to say the community's on hold, but it kind of is. But in the meantime, I've had a lot of people like I have a Facebook group. I think there's like 2,200 plus black women in there. And I've had people reach out to me like, you know, I thought I was the only person like I felt like such a weirdo because, you know, that's another thing. When you tell people you're learning these languages that aren't like, you know, languages from um, I don't know what you want to call conquistadors, colonizers, whatever, like French and Spanish and Portuguese. So when a black person says they speak something like, you know, they speak Mandarin or they speak Japanese, it's kind of like uh, that's that's new to me. I didn't know black girls learn languages, you know, so. I had a, I've had a lot of feedback of like women saying like, oh, you know, it's so good to see. And, and it basically they feel seen like it's like because they you know, I know that that's happened to me. I know in New York they used to have um they used to have a local meetup for people who are interested in languages or polyglots. And sometimes you go to these things and then it's like you're the only person and you're like, OK, and then you kind of feel like the, you know, like the weirdo because it's like, OK, is there no other black people interested in this? Am I the only one? And so it's good to have the community like the women, they feel seen, they feel validated. You know, like I'm it, it's nothing wrong with me that I like languages. I'm not an anomaly. There's a whole community of black women that also like too. Your um, work with Black Girls Learn Languages has evolved into an event as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the event and what the inspiration for that was? Yeah, so um, some fellow language bloggers, um, I actually met one of them in person, LaDonna from A Discovering Language. I met her in person while she was in New York doing a recording for her podcast. And um, Desta from Languages Through Music and then Tamara from um, uh, Spanish con salsa. 
um, we kind of connected because of the community. They were like, oh, we like what you're doing, whatever. And we connected on that level. And then it became like, we should have something like, you know, I see all these events going on and we should have something. What do you think? And I was just like, okay, so we all talked about it. And I think we all were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do it someday. We'll do it someday. I think it was just, I don't know, but somehow Desta was the one. Desta was the one that was like, listen, guys, COVID's happening. Let's do it now. We need to do it. And Tamara was like, yeah, we need to do this. So basically, I think those two, they were the ones that were like, they actually, if it wasn't for them, I don't know. I think LaDonna and I would probably still be like, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. (laughs) So that's basically how it happened. We connected because of the community and then they've just been phenomenal at keeping it going. And I'm sure uh, people listening to this who, um, who would like to get into languages themselves may feel uh, like their struggles can be quite unique to them and they may feel alone because of that. So uh, like you, you mentioned before that um, like there's this kind of stereotype that if you're learning a language, then, oh, you're, you're a black girl learning Japanese. Why, why would you be doing that? That's weird. And like, have you, have you found other weird um, particular struggles that you found in this community that you could uh, share that maybe other people would realize they're not alone in having these struggles? I think I think that as far, you know, what you've named and then also sometimes people are interested in the culture as well. Like sometimes they're they're interested in the culture, but not maybe not necessarily interested in the language, because like, for instance, Japanese has three alphabets. Right. And that's that alone. That fact alone is enough for people to say, you know what? I don't want to. But I still want to be involved in the music. I still want to watch you know, the drama is the anime, whatever. And sometimes people just kind of look at you like, why do you like that? You know? Um, And I think that can happen no matter like what you, you know, whatever culture you have. I think that happens a lot. Like if you start wanting to be interested in the culture with or without the language, people start questioning why you, why you care about the culture so much and why do you want to learn this specific language, especially if it's not like a major language. Like for instance, if you want to learn, um, like if you want to learn Esperanto, then somebody might look at you weird. Like, why do you want to learn that? You can't use that. You can't have a business in that. I, I hear that a lot. A lot of women complaining in the group about like that they want to learn, like their heart desires is not one of the top five languages in the world that's spoken. And then people looking at them crazy. And I think anyone would feel that. I think any person, if you pick any random person anywhere and they said something like, oh, I want to learn um I'm trying to think of a language off the top of my head. Like, I want to learn Bengali, right? They're like, why do you want to learn that? So I think that's something that people need to be aware of. But that doesn't, that says, just because someone else can't understand what you're trying to do doesn't mean what you're doing is weird, what you're doing is wrong, what you're doing doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to them. But it's what you want to do. To get a little bit more granular on this, do you feel like a lot of the... Criticism or just commentary comes more from people 
in the language learning community or people from the communities of the languages that you're learning? Like, where do you feel the most resistance sometimes? I feel the most resistance from people who are monolinguals, to be honest. And also sometimes I have had some of the girls complaining in the group that they get this resistance from people of the, the target language that they're trying to learn. Like I've had that too. Like I've had that. I, I have it a lot still sometimes because I learned it. Like when I was little, I was able to start picking it up. Um, like if I start trying to speak Spanish with someone, they just assume I'm a native. I'm not. And when I tell them I'm not native, then it's kind of like, I'm an imposter. Why are you learning my language? And it's just like, what? <laughs> So, you know, I've had women in the group complaining about that, too. Um, I don't even know how to really handle that. Besides, you know, I normally just say just forget them because there's every every native that's doing that. There are other natives that are like, yeah, we'll help you. And they're just happy to educate you, you know. So I always just tell them this is just the wrong person. Find someone else. And clearly languages have been an important part of your life story. How do you think it's uh, impacted? Um, and enriched your life to have learned the languages that you have? I mean, it's even even though like, you know, I'm not like C2 level in every language, but it really does help. And to be honest, like people kind of change their opinion about you sometimes. It's like as soon as they know that you speak another language, it's like, oh, wait a second. And then on top of that, like German, that's not in, you know, a language like we don't have any former like, German colonies where people still speak German in the Caribbean or anything like that. So it's like people do change their opinion of you. And, and then also you do get access to opportunities. Like for instance, I think um, I had, it's defunct now, but I had like a plus size bilingual blog at one point it was in German and English and I got connected to the CEO of plus size fashion days Hamburg here in Germany because I speak German like I just happened to go to a plus size event where there was going to be bloggers and I was just like oh I would like to do what you're doing but I want to do it for like women that speak German English whatever because you know Germany is not quite caught up on our trend yet and the lady was like let me introduce you to somebody and then I started talking to her in German and then I told her, oh, well, coincidentally, I'll be in Germany on vacation. And then we met up and then I volunteered to work at her event. And then she invited me to like an invite only event in Hamburg for opening of this like boutique. It's kind of expensive. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, that's cool. So if I wouldn't have been able to speak German, that would have never happened. So, yeah. So given that you've lived abroad, what has your experience living abroad been and, you know, living in the country where your one of your target languages is spoken? It definitely helps. <laughs> like I couldn't imagine. I think every I've, I've been to mostly like countries where I've learned the language. Like, for instance, I've been to Mexico. I've been to France. I've been to Luxembourg, I've been to Germany. Um so for the first time I went somewhere where I didn't know the language, I went to Portugal and that was an experience. Like that was my, like going somewhere. I don't speak the language. It's definitely a different experience. So after that experience, I have to say living in the country where you know the, the target language is definitely like a huge benefit. It's, it's an adjustment. Obviously the culture is different even though they're both Western cultures, there are differences, but it definitely helps for you to at least have a basic understanding. And 
it also kind of when you have to do this adjustment to the culture, it also gets you to take a look at your own culture. Right. Like so. For instance, you look at the way they do things and then it kind of like, well, does it make sense that we do it that way? You know, it kind of lets you, you grow in that way because then you can either decide on your own, like, yeah, I do. It does make sense for us to do this way and I'm going to continue to do this way. Or no, you know, I think I'm going to start doing it this way. This way that they do, it makes sense. It forces you to stretch and grow in that way. So I think that's like the main thing. You have to be open to it though. Like if you go there, you can't just go there and say, I'm going to just only speak the language. I'm not going to understand the culture and I'm not going to absorb anything. Obviously that gets you nowhere. But yeah, I think that living abroad has really stretched me and allowed me to grow. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the, that experience you had with uh, the unique opportunity in Germany, uh, like it really does open up your world to so many different opportunities. And I like how, what you were saying before in terms of referring to other members of the community and other um other uh, black ladies who are polyglots who you've met and i'm curious what what have been the more inspiring stories you've heard from other polyglots in uh, the black girls learn languages community there were two stories that stuck with me because i was at one point on my youtube channel doing interviews um but again i had to like kind of stop operations while i'm writing my master thesis the two stories that stuck out to me there was one woman hers resonated with me because it was kind of similar she was also a military brat but she's she was in you know a little bit older so she had different things available to her than i would have had so i think at that time they didn't really have the military bases set up like when i was going to school here so i think they were like the military was like paying for them to go to the local international school. So she got even a different experience and she was learning German. They were stationed here. Yeah. When she was really young. So she was actually learning German um, by default because the, like, I guess the, the childcare situation, she was just immersed in, in German every day, all day. So it was just like a kind of a, like by virtue of just having to be in German all day, she learned German and it was almost like her first language because she was so young. I think she was like, she thought she was four. She was like really young. And um, I thought it was just so cool. And then there was another one. Um, and uh, she has her own, where she, she has her own school where she actually teaches Hebrew. So Hebrew was her first language. Her parents, um, if I remember correctly, they're from the Caribbean. And they decided, um, I think they're, um, I forgot what it's called. Hebrew Israelites. I'm not sure, but so they converted. And so they learned Hebrew because of the religion. And then they decided they, you know, when they have kids, they want to raise their kids speaking. So they only spoke Hebrew at home. So I thought that was really cool that English wasn't her first language, but Hebrew wasn't necessarily a heritage language, but it was her first language. So I thought that was so cool. And those are the two stories that really stuck out to me. So you research a lot of um, Black female polyglots um, to share about them on your blog, whether they're celebrities or they're just, you know, in the language learning community. How do you go about connecting and getting in touch with these people to share their stories? The social media, um, sometimes they reach out to me. Like sometimes people, I've had people email me like, hey, I saw your site. I like what you're doing. I'd like to share my story. And I just allow every woman to share their story. I don't really 
discriminate. Like, I don't have like, oh, you have to be doing this in life. Like, I don't believe in that because I believe everybody's story is meant to resonate with who it's meant to resonate. So if anybody can feel inspired or feel encouraged or feel motivated by their story, I share it. Um, But usually I'll reach out on social media. Like I usually um, like I'll Google, change the keywords around, try to find different people and stuff. And then I'll just email them, say, hey, look, this is what I'm doing. I would love to have you on my show or, you know, would you like to do a written interview? And and um, they sometimes I sometimes I don't get answers and then sometimes I do. And then I have them either on the website or on the YouTube channel. If um, if someone listening to this is, is considering either joining uh, your community directly or even just as a black lady who wants to get into language learning, is there some advice that you wish you would have heard earlier or that you've found others in the community has inspired them to, to kind of um, let go of any uh, hesitations they'd have and feel free to get into this wonderful language learning experience? Yes. Two things I would say is um, I have this saying I like to say, I think Confucius said it better to be a diamond with a flaw than a pebble without. So don't focus on speaking perfectly, just focus on speaking good enough. Because if you can speak good enough, that's good enough. Like you can get, you can improve in time, just speak. So that, that leads to my second point, just speak. I feel like part of the reason why I was able to advance so quickly is because I wasn't really scared to speak. I, I would push myself every day. So like, if all I could say today was, hello, wie geht's dir? That's what I said the next person I saw. And then I'd say, okay, that's my limit. And then tomorrow I might say, hey, hello, wie geht's dir? And then I might say, um, you know, Gates good, danke. Okay, that's my limit today. I don't know anything else. And I would just keep pushing myself every day. So just speak and just keep pushing yourself. And and that's where you're going to see the most progress. That's really good advice. (laughs) Uh, In addition to your website and the event that you host, you also have your own product line and you come up with some really catchy taglines and names for your products. So, what's the inspiration behind the product line and where do you find the inspiration for the? play on words that you use to tagline your products. It's so funny you say that because I actually forgot about that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just like sometimes like there's this one, it's just like there's a song, like sometimes it's a song, it's a saying. And then I just like to play, I've always been like that, like to play play with words a little bit, Um, like double entendres or stuff like that. I always think those things are funny and I'm usually the only person that gets them. But (laughs) um. Yeah, so that's basically where it came from. This one shirt, I think my very first shirt, it was, um, it's, it says Raindrop Polyglot. And so the reason why, because there's this rap song and it's when it comes on, it says Raindrop, Drop Top. So everybody who knows the song kind of like, oh, I like that. That's cool. So I just always, <laughs> I'm always playing with words. Yeah, and I've seen another one, uh, bilingual, single and re- ready to mingle. <laughs> yeah, I saw something about like single ready to mingle. And well, OK, so the reason why I like to play with words is I also used to write poetry. So I used to like I had like a journal that I used to keep in French. So I had the journal in French. And then when the mood struck me, I would write poetry and I like poetry that rhymes. So I would always concentrate on making like the first line rhyme with the second line or like three lines rhyme together. So yeah. And I, I saw that and I was just like, you know, just thinking what rhymes with mingle. And then I was like, bilingual. OK. <laughs> 
I mean, I even did that with my other blog. Um, so my other blog, I wanted to name it um, La Dolce de Vida, like in Italian, The Good Life, but obviously it's taken. And because it was German, I changed it to La Deutsche Diva. So it's like the German diva mixed with Italian. Yeah, so I like to do stuff like that. I'm silly like that. And um, I think, uh, is it a part of your story that you actually had a a crush inspire you to get into language learning? Did I get that right? Yeah, yeah, well, with German. I was already into the, since I was young, but the German actually, yeah, it was, it was, um, I was hanging out with some friends and we had, a, um, in our school, we had a lot of, um, that were like half German, half American in our school. So I was hanging out with a group of kids that were half German, half American. So what would happen is, they also hung out with like the German kids that would go to the school, German school. And it was like this one guy I was hanging. I, I, to this, like now that I'm older, I'm just like, I don't know what I was thinking, but apparently I had a crush on this guy and I didn't want to say anything, but my friend's like, I'm going to tell him, and I'm like, please don't. And she did anyway. And she was just like, I said, well, what did he say? And she was just like, oh, well, he said that he thinks you're nice and he would be interested, but you guys don't even speak the same language because he doesn't speak any English and you speak German. And I was like, so that's the only thing? You sure? He's not just saying that to be nice. She's like, no, he seemed like he would really be interested. I said, okay, works for me. So then I made it my business to learn German, but it was so crazy because I want to say like after a week, I totally forgot about him, like. And I just was so amazed at how quickly I was like catching on to things and how fascinating it actually was. So, yeah, I totally forgot about him. <laughs> but yeah, that was the reason for German. I actually have a question about this. So a lot of the time when we learn languages for a specific reason, like a job or a person and that job or person suddenly are no longer a part of our lives, it's really easy to lose the motivation to continue with that language because you lost that connection. So given that, I mean, obviously you still speak German, you still have that connection. What do you do to, you know, maintain that interest and that motivation to learn a language when that connection goes away? It's hard. Like you kind of got to find you you have to find another connection. Like you have to find your why. Right. So my why, the, the thing in my case, I got lucky because my why switched very quickly. Right. My why initially was I want to go out with this dude. And then after a week, my why became I like this. This is I'm feeling like when I was learning Spanish, I was learning French. Right. So then my why just became like I like the, the wonder of seeing me master this. Right. So I feel like you just you need to find a new why, because if you don't, then it is very easy. Um, or if you don't find another why, which I think you would still if you just do the things that motivate you. Right. Like for me, I always fall out. I always fall off with Spanish. I always do. But as soon as something comes out like the the Celia series on Celia Cruz, I like as soon as I came out, I'm like, OK, I'm going to learn Spanish again because like it's motivating. Like when you see them or like you hear a new song, you're like, OK, and then I get back into it for you know, a couple months. So, you know, do whatever keeps you motivated if you can't find a new why. And what in general tends to be your why these days? I mean, I know you're busy with your masters, but like other than this uh, particular period, what really inspires you to uh, keep up your uh, progress in your languages? Yeah, it's it's tough, but like I just want to be I just I just have a personal best 
and and I have a vision for what that personal best is. So that's what keeps me saying like, okay, I'm aiming for this. And I don't put a time limit on myself, even though I know, I know that if I wanted to, I could put the pedal to the metal and probably, especially with Spanish, because I have such a good foundation. I'm sure if I put the pedal to the metal, I probably would be conversational in like two months, probably. Um, but I try not to. And that's another thing I, I hear the girls complaining about. It's like, I've been learning this for seven years and I should be fluent. And it's like, no, you shouldn't be anything like do at your own pace. Don't compare yourself to other people and don't like give yourself a hard time just because you think you should or because society told you you should. You know, if you've been exposed to this language, you should be. So that's another thing is. um I keep motivated, you know, like to keep in touch with it, but I don't get down on myself. Like if I fall off, life happens, but I know that I'll get back to it because it's something I like to do. One of the questions that we like to ask all of the guests that we have on the podcast, given that this is the language hacking podcast is what is your definition of language hacking? To me, language hacking is like fast tracking it. That's what it means to me. So like, for instance, let's say, you know, I know, and I know I just said about the time frame, but <laughs> like not to be so consumed with it that you like demotivate yourself, but on the other side of the coin, fast tracking it. So like, for instance, when you immerse yourself and you do little things like you keep a diary, right? Um, you just, or you make sure you have all your inputs just in that language for, I don't know, three, four days out of the week. So to me, that's what hacking means. It means like accelerating it, finding ways to accelerate it. That's what it means to me. Excellent stuff. And when you are finished your master's thesis, what are your big plans, both for Black Girls Learn Languages and for your own personal language learning projects? Oh my goodness. As soon as I defend my thesis I'm going right into Spanish and French like immediately because I had to put it on hold because I, I really wish I could even put a uh, German on hold but I can't because I work in a German company and you know I have to attend meetings in German I have emails I receive and so there's no stepping away from German um, it's kind of like increasing but at a decreasing rate. It's not increasing as quickly as it could because I'm working on my master thesis. But just know as soon as that thing is complete, I'm definitely fast tracking Spanish and French. And then I want to improve my German some more as well. Like and then um, so that's my personal. And then um, as far as black girls learn languages go, I'm going to definitely start having interviews again on the YouTube, putting out more content as far as like um, one of the things that has now become a part of my mission is like the global job search because a lot of the girls have expressed interest in either working globally, like working remotely in, a, in another location globally, um, getting a global job or getting a bilingual job locally. So that's one of the things I'm probably going to like ramp it up with that because I've been in, I've been, um, you know, doing the job search thing here in Germany, in the U.S. for German jobs. And most recently, I've been on the other side of the interview table in German interviews. So that's what I've, th those are my plans for both myself and for the platform. Excellent. So we'll make sure that, uh, we have links in the show notes, uh, for people to check out all your stuff and, uh, I'm sure they'll find loads of inspiration there. And I look forward to seeing your content explode again after you've got this 
uh, thesis defended. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. Found it very interesting. And um, we wish everybody listening very happy language learning. Happy language learning. Thank you for having me. Happy language learning. At the end of each episode, Benny and I like to share a takeaway, something that we learned in our conversation with our guests that we'd like to try out in our own language learning if it's something we're not doing already or that we think would definitely help you out if you gave it a go uh, over the next week or so and see how it works for you. So, Benny, what was your takeaway today in our conversation with Shahida? Um, I really liked what she was saying about um, if you want to learn something, just do it. It doesn't matter if other people think it's weird. And, you know, I've had this experience myself with some languages, but obviously um, I have gotten a lot less resistance being a white guy and just, uh, you know, with my blog and everything. I know for a fact I've gotten a lot less resistance than a lot of people listening who would who would get pushback. Like, why are you learning this? Like, it's a waste of time or like nobody speaks this language or whatever it might be. And um just accepting if it's what you truly want to do. It doesn't matter if other people think it's weird. Um, that uh, She really emphasized that uh, during this interview. And I think that's a really good takeaway for people. And just one other thing that she said is, um, you know, if somebody said that they've been learning a language for seven, le- year, seven years, I should speak by now. No, you shouldn't. And you sh- like, I really like that simplicity that she uh, said, then I, I think I should respond to people who say it like that just as simply as she did. No, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have to have spoken the language after seven years. Um, your journey looks a little bit different. And, uh, you know, just because somebody else has done a certain amount in, of the language in a certain time, uh, does not mean you should have done it by now as well. Like we each have our own different journeys. And uh, I really like that part as well. What about you? I think it was the conversation we had with her about finding your why. And I know this is something we all know that we need to do when we're starting out learning a language. It's like, why do I want to do this? And then that dictates like what you do in order to progress the language. But one of the things that we kind of forget is that sometimes that why changes. Like, for example, for me, I often have to learn languages for work. So one of the music companies that I work with will come to me and say, hey, we need you to learn Hindi because we're going to send you on a four city tour in India. And we need you to give your presentation in Hindi and be able to answer questions. So go. And then once that tour is done, you know, it's like, what's my reason for continuing Hindi at that point? Or same thing. It's like, we're going to send you to Switzerland to give a talk in German. Uh, can you work on German? And then that's done. And because of the investment that I've made into those languages, I guess it's kind of like the lost fallacy principle, but you know, I don't always want to let them go and I want to continue with those languages, but I've lost my why because my why was I'm going to go do this presentation. And then once that presentation is done, that why is gone. So I have to reassess and reevaluate, you know, what my why is. And it it doesn't necessarily need to be a work opportunity. It could be anything like it, it could be that relationship. And then you lose that relationship. It's like, you know, you have started a relationship with this language. And while it may have had ties to that person or that job, um, it also has ties directly to you now. So, you know, reevaluating if it's something you want to continue, like what your new why is going to be, like what your new goal is going to be. And um, I think that that was something that just really resonated with me in our discussion with Shahida. 
All right. So once again, if you enjoyed the podcast, we appreciate hearing from you. Uh, it lets us know what you like, what we should do more of. And it also helps other language learners like yourself find us. So please let us know what you think over at languagehacking.com slash review. And again, the show notes are available to you with all of the resources, links, and everything else mentioned. Until the next time, happy language learning. Happy language learning. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Language Hacking Podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you found this episode valuable and want to help us out, please leave a review at languagehacking.com forward slash review. The Language Hacking Podcast is presented by Benny Lewis and Shannon Kennedy and produced by David Sobel, with special thanks to the Fluent in Three Months team. The theme music was written and performed by Shannon Kennedy. Find the show notes at languagehacking.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening and happy language learning.